the book of uh, Third John. Now, the best way to find that is to have a Schofield Bible. It's page thirteen twenty-seven. Second best way is go to Revelation and go backwards, <laughs> and you'll find it just right before Jude, and then Revelation. The little book of Third John. John wrote the Gospel of John, and also First, Second, and Third John. First John is such a blessing. John was written so you could believe. First John was written so you could know you had believed. And uh, these other books are important too. And you'll see uh, some of the things in this book here. I'm going to concentrate on one verse in particular. But in 3 John, and we'll begin with uh, chapter 1 <laughs> and verse 1. 3 John verse 1, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if I bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thy shall do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as I bow before you again, I do want to thank you for another privilege that you've granted this side of eternity to preach the Word of God. Lord, you know every heart, you know every need. And Lord, I pray that uh, you'd communicate through this unworthy servant the truth that needs to be given forth. You know how to minister to the needs. God, give me wisdom and power. And I pray that I could bring honor to you today. Speak to my heart and the hearts of each one gathered here there be one unsaved, I pray this would be the day that they'd receive you, trust you as their own Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, I want to read again verse number 5. Beloved, thy doest faithfully whatsoever thy doest to the brethren and to strangers. I, I want to speak today on a subject that may not be too popular but God didn't call me to be popular, He called me to preach. And that is faithfulness. Now when we think of faithfulness, we uh, automatically connect it with church attendance, and certainly that's a part of it. Uh, but it is far more reaching than that. A person may be faithful in church attendance, and yet unfaithful in Bible reading, unfaithful in witnessing, unfaithful in prayer and unfaithful in other areas. A person may be faithful at church and unfaithful at home. And so faithfulness involves a great deal. Uh, faithfulness, first of all, is right. 
God is right to require faithfulness. Uh, this verse uh, says, Thy doest faithfully. This, uh, this uh, little letter here is addressed to Gaius, uh, a great man, a man that loved the truth. And, uh, but he's commended because he said, Thy doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. In his dealings with uh, his fellow Christian, he was faithful. Uh, there are those that are faithful to church, and yet they, in their dealings with others, they're unfaithful. Well, that's wrong too. And, uh, but he said, whatever you do to brethren and to strangers, I believe that in their dealings with their fellow Christians, and in their dealings with the world, that we ought to be faithful. Uh, faithful uh, in business practices, and faithful in performance uh, on the job. Uh, some people uh, don't think of that as faithfulness, but it's something I believe that God expects. And, and many times, that's where we have a greater testimony than we do sometimes even in church. Uh, if we're faithful out there in the world and, we're, and we, our Christianity governs uh, uh, the things, the decisions we make and the performance that we give out in the world, that bears a great testimony. And so being faithful to strangers as well. So this is a great commendation uh, that was given here uh, to faithfulness. And notice he said, Thy doest faithfully. Uh, faith, faithfulness is something that's done. Now, faith is something you don't do. But it, uh, the faith is, is a gift of God. Uh, but uh, it takes faith to be faithful. Uh, James says that faith without works is dead. So faith produces works. Works don't produce faith. Some people have it turned around. And uh, it's, it's the other way around. So the faith is first, and then the faithfulness. Now, is God right to require faithfulness? Uh, to expect it? I believe He is. Now, we expect it uh, in, in the home. You know, I mean, a person that's married, they expect their wife or husband to be faithful to the marriage vows. Uh, it, it's expected, and it's expected because it's the right thing to do. Uh, it's something that God has established, and, and there must be that faithfulness uh, in the home uh, to, uh, to have the kind of home that God has ordained. Uh, there certainly cannot be that that the Lord uh, has expected, that God's ordained, if that's not true. And then, of course, uh, uh, the, the employer uh, expects the employees to be faithful. You think, you think they have a right to do that? Uh, if, if someone hires you and, and, and pays you uh, uh, so much an hour or salary or whatever, does the employer have a right to expect you to show up. Well, I think we'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Uh, of course, in today's society, sometimes you wonder, 
uh, with uh, a lot of discussion now about the government running out of money. Well, they've been out of money a long time. And been borrowing, spending their grandchildren's money. I guess they expect them to pay the debt. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, there's that expectation. The expectation for the preacher to be faithful. Uh, I think you expect me to be here. I was kidding uh, uh, with my wife coming to church. I said, I think I'll go deer hunting this morning. Just tell them I, you know, it's a nice day to go deer hunting. And, and uh, I just couldn't make it. Uh, I doubt that would be understood. <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, that's about as good an excuse as some others I've heard. Better than some I've heard. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, we expect faithfulness. Uh, you know, you go to the doctor uh, and you expect uh, faithfulness uh, on the doctor's part. Let's say you had to have surgery. Your surgery is scheduled for 11 o'clock, so you go in there and the doctor begins the operation, cuts you open, begins to perform the operation, looks at his watch and says, you know, it's dinner time. It's 12 o'clock. I'll be back at one to continue the operation. <laughs> uh, you'd say, give me some other doctor. Uh, maybe you need to ask your doctor that. Sometime I've wondered about these doctors, you know, where it takes 10, 12 hours for an operation. Uh, I've, I've often wondered uh, about certain things uh, and during that operation. But anyway, uh, we expect that. If we go to the dentist, let's say I go to the dentist, and the dentist uh, drills, I have a feeling that needs to take place, and he, he drills a tooth out. And then, uh, uh, you know, I go to Dr. Grindstaff, and he uh, is my dentist, and he's a deer hunter also. So let's say I go, and I need a feeling, and, and he drills it out, and, and uh, he says, you know, I... Uh, how about coming back next week and I'll put something in there. Uh, I think I'll go deer hunting. Uh, well, you know, you'd find another dentist, wouldn't you? Then we think, of, uh, we think of the power company, the electric company. Boy, that's, you don't miss it till it's out, do you? And how necessary that is. I remember we had the blizzard and, and our power went out, as most everybody's did. And, uh, you know, you don't realize how dependent you are on electricity until it's gone. And uh, we expect the power company to be faithful. And uh, if it goes out, we blame the power company. I mean, they can't help it if a, if a tree fell across the line and broke it down, as what happened when ours went out. It wasn't their fault, uh, but uh, we expect them to be there. I mean, the next minute, fix this. Uh, we expect faithfulness. We expect faithfulness in our cars. You know, I mean, I like a car. When I get ready to go somewhere, I want to start. Uh, and uh, we want it to be faithful. Uh, and we depend upon it. And on and on we could go. Listen, if, if it's right to expect faithfulness, in these areas of life, in most every other area of life, is it, is, it, is it unreasonable for God to expect faithfulness? 
Is it right? I believe it's right. When God says you ought to be faithful, then uh, I believe God is right. You know, the fact of the matter is that, that uh, a lot of church members are more faithful to the other things that are less important than they are to the things that is the most important. You know, when it comes time to leave this world, uh, a lot of the things that trouble us and we get all disturbed about, they're not going to amount to a whole lot. Uh, the only thing that's going to matter in that day is, is that that we really uh, did for the Lord. Then, uh, not only is faithfulness right, but faithfulness is reasonable. Is God unreasonable uh, to expect faithfulness? I want you to look at Romans 12, please. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and uh, a couple of verses here. These verses changed my life as a Christian. In Romans 12 verse 1, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The Bible said here is, is reasonable, it's the least. What God's saying, I beseech you by the mercies of God. He said, I want you to take a look at Calvary. I want you to look at what I did for you. Paul is telling them, I want you to visit Calvary again. I want you to see what Jesus did and the price he paid. And he said, what I'm asking you to do in light of that, is just a reasonable service. It's not unreasonable. It's reasonable. And he says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's a reasonable thing. You know, I did some figuring on this and uh, if you arrive at church about the time that I arrive, and I'm usually here first, tell my wife I want a good seat. Uh, and, uh, but uh, probably on average Sunday morning, we're here about two and a half hours, counting Sunday school and preaching. And then if you come to choir practice, uh, probably about two and a half hours, and maybe not quite that much on Sunday night, and Wednesday evening, we're here about an hour usually. And then Thursday, if you go out visiting, maybe you visit for a couple hours, that's about eight hours a week. If you were involved in everything, all the services of the church, there's 168 hours in a week. If you're here, if you give eight hours, then that's uh, uh, less than 5% of our time that's really given to the Lord. We're not even given a tithe of our time. Which is more important, the money or the time to God? What do you think? You think it's more important to give the tithe, the, the money part, or is it more important to give some time to the Lord? Which you think means more? Which you think will mean more in eternity? Well, it's, it's reasonable, isn't it? You know, I was, I was looking back uh, at a Sunday school report back in 83. 
And uh, the young adult class, the attendance in the young adult class that Sunday was about twice what the adult two class was. And uh, I look at it today, and it's the opposite way, it's, it's, it's turned around. Now, that's because, one reason is because some that would belong in the adult one class, they don't come to Sunday school. They just come for preaching. Uh, churches not taking anything away from, from senior citizens. But churches that are strong need involvement with young adults and to be dedicated to the Lord. It's a reasonable expectation that God has. I was reminded uh, just this morning of, of a story that, uh, that I heard or read years ago. And uh, this employer uh, was, uh, was trying to find a driver. I can't remember if it was a, uh, a, I think it was a chauffeur, if I remember the story correctly. And uh, on, on the test, he was given a test to those that had applied for the position and uh, the route taken from his home on a regular basis, uh, they, they was a mountainous road, and they ran around this curve, and in this curve, uh, you know, there was a drop-off of several hundred feet. And one of the questions was, how close can you get to the edge without going off? And some of them wrote, they said, well, I think I could get within a foot of that edge and, and, and uh, not wreck. Another wrote, I think I could get in a matter of inches, just a few inches, and not, not go off. One fellow said, I'm going to stay as far away from the edge as I can stay. He got the job. You know, sometimes we live too close to the edge, don't we? We live too close to the edge. You know, if you, if you come to church, applying this to church attendance, if you come to church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and visitation night, then you're farther away from the edge. And I see it happening. People, they'll drop visitation. Then they'll drop Wednesday night. Then they'll drop Sunday night. Then they'll drop Sunday school. And then they just come for preaching on Sunday morning. And if they drop that, they're out. <laughs> That's getting too close to the edge. Uh, and so God help us to realize the reasonableness. If, listen, if I was just given 10% of my time, that means 90% I'd still have. If I just gave 10%, I'd still have to give twice what I'm giving if I'm involved in everything. It's reasonable. Thirdly, it's required. Faithfulness is required. You say, where's the Bible say that? In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. He said it's required. He said it's not suggested. He said it's not recommended. He said it is required in stewards and we're all supposed to be stewards if we're saved, 
We're servants of Jesus Christ. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And this is taught throughout the Bible. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thy to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. This was the instruction that Paul gave to the young preacher Timothy. He said, the things you've heard, I want you to commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So if a person isn't faithful, are they able to teach others? If I'm not faithful, can I teach you how to be faithful? I don't think so. You know, you've heard the saying, don't do as I do, do as I say. The Bible don't teach that. The Bible teaches in Romans chapter 2, Thou that teacheth a man should not steal, dost thou steal. Thou that teaches a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery. The Bible teaches that whatever a man preaches, he ought to practice. Or whatever a Sunday school teacher teaches, they ought to practice. He says, commit these things to faithful men who can teach others also to be faithful. Faithfulness is required. I know this particular preacher, he went to a new church. And uh, the church began to grow and prosper. And... Uh, he instituted some standards for officers and teachers. Basically, that if a person is going to teach a Sunday school class, they need to be in church, faithful, every service. And boy, that really shook the foundation. People began to get all disturbed and all, all perplexed about uh, the, the standards. Well, you know, uh, it was standards that should have been obeyed all the time. Wasn't something just out of the blue. But faithfulness is required. Now listen, I may not can preach as good as some other preacher, but I can be just as faithful as anyone else. And, and I may not can sing as well as someone else. In fact, I can't sing as well as anybody. But uh, I can be just as faithful, see, can I? I can be, everybody can be faithful. And God requires it. He requires faithfulness. He doesn't suggest it. He doesn't recommend it. He requires it. And then, not only that, but faithfulness will be rewarded. You say, uh, you know, uh, what am I going to get out of being faithful? What's coming to me? The Bible says in Proverbs 28 and verse 20 that a faithful man shall abound with blessings. A faithful man will abound with blessings. God said, I'll bless you here. Timothy talks about that, that bodily exercise profiteth a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. The Bible said that godliness pays off here and it pays off in the world to come. And great benefits. Faithfulness will be rewarded. I want you to turn your Bible to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. 
and uh, verse 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Remember we gave you the scripture there in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 2. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Notice he said, here's this faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. What a promise. What a blessing. You know, it comes down to the point, do we want it here or do we want it there? Am I looking for my reward here or am I looking for my reward there? Let me apply it to church attendance. What is it that keeps you out of church? You know what you're saying? You're saying that's more important than the things God's promised. That's more important to me than eternity. That's more important than the reward of the judgment seat of Christ. How important is it? You know, I've, uh, I've been with a lot of people when they said goodbye to this world. And I want to report to you that none of the things that keep us from serving God like well to serve Him, none of these things mean anything when you approach that hour. None of it. He said, I'll make Him ruler over all that He has. Do I want it here or do I want it there? Then in Matthew chapter 25, you'll just turn on over there, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. The Lord gives this uh, parable here. In Matthew 25, verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability. Straightway took his journey. He that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. You know, there's a reckoning day, isn't there? You know, they used to, preachers used to preach about the, the great day of reckoning. And that's biblical. He came and reckoned with them. Notice in verse 14, he delivered unto them his goods. You know, God has entrusted with us the greatest responsibility of this earth. He's died on the cross. He's arose from the dead. And we're the ones that's got to get it out. And uh, if we don't get it out, nobody else is going to do it. He reckons with them. And so he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Well, he doubled his Lord's money. That, uh, you know, that, that's pretty good uh, 
business. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou unto the joy of thy Lord. So that he received two talents, came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thine to the joy of thy Lord. Well, what about that? He gets the same reward. But he just done, he, he, listen, he, the other fellow gained five talents and he just gained two. You say, it isn't right. He doesn't do nearly as much. But he doubles the money. He starts out with less. The other fellow has five talents. He starts out with two. One fellow gains a five. He gains a two. They get the same reward. It's not based on what they do. It's based on how faithful they are in doing what they do. And then he goes on and gives the one that got the one talent. And he that received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, thou art a hard man. Reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed, and I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said to him, Thy wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath should be given. He shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Cast you the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That fellow wasn't saved. There's his problem. But he says, be faithful. Be faithful. Well done. Good and faithful servant. I'd sure like to hear those words one day. I want to be faithful. I don't know that I'll hear them because I can't say that I've always been faithful in every respect. I've tried to be faithful in church attendance over these many years. But in other areas, I, I failed God. And I know that and God knows it. But faithfulness will be rewarded. I want to be faithful. What about you? I want to be faithful. And uh, so faithfulness is going to be rewarded. Listen what Revelation 2 verse 10 says, Be thy faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Be thy faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Do you want the crown of life? I remember Brother Johnson, after he got sick, and he'd come to church sometimes when he wasn't able to come to church. He didn't feel like coming to church. And uh, when he got pretty bad, he, he came to me, and I think, I, I think he stood up and testified in church. And he said, uh, 
one thing that really bothers me is I can't go on visitation any longer. I'm just not able. And I've often thought of that. I wonder what we're going to do. We have our health and we're not sick and we're able to go and we just don't. We could, but we won't. Our things that are of less importance take precedence. I wonder what we're going to do when we face the Lord and give an account. Be thy faithful unto death. I will give thee a crown of life. I think he's going to get that crown. He said, I'll give you a crown of life. There's other crowns you can earn. Faithfulness. You know, to be faithful is not I'm, I'm, I'm faithful for a while and then I'm unfaithful and I'm faithful for a while and then I'm unfaithful. Faithfulness is consistently being faithful. You know, I can be faithful for years. I believe I... These years that I've tried to be faithful to God and faithful in preaching and faithful in serving God and, and faithful in, in areas that God tells me. Uh, some areas I've, I've been, some I've failed. But you know, I could throw it all away. I could forget God and, uh, and get away from God and quit preaching and, and get away from church and I believe forfeit the reward that God has for you. Brother Payne was requesting prayer for a young man in Sunday school that he had met this week, I think, and, and uh, he used to preach, and he said, I'm no longer preaching. And I don't know the reasons why, what may be the situation. But you know rewards are going to be very important, folks, one of these days. People say, well, just so I get there, that's all I care about. It's not going to be that way. It's not going to be that way. It's not that way here. It's not going to be that way there. Just to barely get in will not satisfy us. We'll want those rewards. God help us to be faithful. John says to Gaius, Thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to brethren and to strangers. Let's bow our heads, please.